Hello and welcome to day 97 of our Bible reading course. It's thought that the Apostle John lived in Jerusalem until the late 60s AD, at which point he moved to Ephesus. There he became leader of the church for the next 30 years, until his death at a good old age. During that time, the ideas of Gnosticism, which we briefly mentioned in the letter to the Colossians, continued to affect the church. Although a group had now split off and broken away, John needed to write to those who remained to reassure and remind them of the true teaching they'd originally received. Today's passage is 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 to chapter 5 verse 13. Let's pray. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Lord Jesus, I praise you today for your great love and ask that you would keep me ever mindful of it. Amen. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning, because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are, and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth, and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and receive from him anything we ask, because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, 
to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognise the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognise the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth.
for there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar, because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. It's not necessary for the purpose of this devotional podcast to go into details about the various beliefs of the Gnostics against whom John was writing. You can look them up in books or online if you're interested. Suffice it to say that they denied the full physical incarnation of Jesus, and some strands also had a rather loose attitude towards sin and moral behaviour. Hence the comments about false prophets denying that Jesus has come in the flesh, and the strong warning against continuing to sin. On the face of it, this sounds as if someone who does sin cannot be a Christian. But the context is about those who willingly do wrong and condone it in others. In chapter 1, John makes it clear that when we do sin, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, a verse we sometimes use at communion. Gnosticism aside, this letter is filled with encouraging words for all believers, past and present. Many of its great themes echo those in John's Gospel, and the same style of weaving them together so skillfully is also found here. Let's identify some of the main ones. Firstly, assurance of God's love that makes us his children, and that is what we are, chapter 3, verse 1, and of our hope in Christ, so that you may know that you have eternal life, chapter 5, verse 13. As well as avoiding sin, there's an emphasis on doing what is right, in a way that reminds us at times of the letter of James. Once again, this is not salvation by works, but about fruitfulness for God. Believers are to keep God's commands, not out of fear so much as a sign of their love for him. There are also a number of simple confession-like statements dotted throughout, such as, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. Chapter 4, verse 15. As well as some references to the ministry and work of the Holy Spirit, an important feature of John's Gospel. The greatest theme, of course, is that of love. Firstly, God's love for us, and as a consequence, our love for him and his people. Indeed, it's incongruous for John to say that you love God if you do not also love your fellow believers, and not just in word, but in deed. This should come as no surprise to us, because John referred to himself in his Gospel as the beloved disciple, and included passages such as, My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. John 15 verse 12. John is concerned that those to whom he writes don't get taken in by false teaching, which will not serve them well. With all the input that's available today on TV, the internet and social media, including Christian input, 
how do I test the spirits and so discern what is helpful and true from what is misleading and inaccurate? There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Chapter 4, verse 18. Is there anything of which I am genuinely afraid? How can this verse help me, not just as a simple statement of fact, but as a deep and powerful truth? Maybe I can take some time reflecting and meditating on this one verse when I have the opportunity. And what about the emphasis on loving my fellow believers? During this time of restrictions and limited fellowship, is there anyone in my local church, or indeed elsewhere, to whom I can show the love of Jesus? And is there anyone that I really have a problem with that I should think about contacting in order to resolve? See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Praise you, Lord God, for the full and unconditional love that you always show to me. Help me to remember that this is the primary way that you see me, despite my many faults and failings. Help me to love myself as you love me. And thank you too for the victory that my faith gives me through the many trials and challenges the world throws my way. Because I am now in Christ, so I can and will overcome. Fill me today with the presence and power of your Holy Spirit, for it is through him that you live in me. In Jesus' name. Amen.